Hey everyone, it's Buana. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The The Page Turner. Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Buana. And I'm Gwen. And summer is here. Yeah. It is, well, I was going to say it's warm, but this is probably the first... Yeah, this last, <laughs> the last couple of days were the first warm days in a while. Yeah. Because we're recording this in late May. And so. the last week, it's kind of flip-flopped. It was so cold for a while. <laughs> I think a lot of people, me included, went to go swimming last yeah, weekend. Yeah. And it was like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Summer's not quite here. But I think with uh, the weather right now, it's It it's feels starting. like it now. Yeah. A- and really exciting with that is that for a page perspective today, we get to talk about, drum roll. <laughs> I don't want to actually bang uh, Not too on the loud, tail. yeah. Um, a summer reading program. Oh, yeah. So I actually have a story about that. Ooh, do tell. Um, so you know how we had to do training to, like, teach us how to sign people up yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah. Online. So I was signing into Beanstack. I did my thing. I signed myself up. And then they're like, okay, now let's practice adding children. I don't have children. <laughs> so I ended up signing my cat up for Beanstack. <laughs> <laughs> is he a prolific reader? Oh, yes. I read to him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Aww. So, yeah, he's he's well on his way to get his badges for Aww. summer reading. Yeah. yeah, and it's really easy to do to sign up, mm-hmm. and everyone can help you. And I remember doing this as a kid. Yeah. I just, it was so exciting. Reading was so much easier yeah. to do as a kid. Well, you have less responsibilities. So. That's true. Less <laughs> less to do yeah. in life, generally. But uh, yeah, I remember doing it for like school programs mm-hmm. and library programs. So we're really excited that we get to do this every year. Yeah, the it's, summer reading. It's fun. And, and it's, it's for adults. For just kid, more than just kids. You know, you yeah. can sign your, yourself up and log your own reading. Yeah, it's for everyone. Yeah. So see who reads the most this summer. <laughs> Um, and the theme this year is space, yes. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do follow NASA on Twitter, so <laughs> and there's really? some crazy stuff going on there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't understand most of it, <laughs> but it looks pretty wild. So <laughs> support they... NASA. <laughs> I was just going to say like, maybe this is a tangent, but didn't they say that we're going to be like on the moon well, in like, by like 2025 or something? Yes. I did see on, um, a government website that we okay. have a goal to okay. go to the back to the moon. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So stay tuned yeah. for a moon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's our page perspective for this time. Come on down this summer. Mm-hmm. Hang out with us. We have a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. it's going to be packed. But yeah. What did we read this month, Gwen? So this month, it's a book called Black Tutors, The Untold Story, and it's by Miranda Kaufman. Now, we were both very excited to yes. read this book. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's shiny, and it talks about a really cool topic. Now, the Tudor age, you may be thinking, well, what? Like, I'm not good with history, yeah. you know? Yeah. I need a lot more context than that to know what people are talking about. And the Tudor age is the time of Henry VIII. Yeah. So everyone knows Henry He's VIII. Probably the most famous yeah, Tudor. Yeah, crazy king, had, yeah. you know, eight wives. Eight wives yeah. yeah, drama ensued. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's the time period we're talking about, like late 1400s to early 1600s. Yeah. And there's not a lot of history written down or examined or looked at for Africans during that time period. And so this book really sets out to um, get rid of a lot of stereotypes that a lot of people might have because growing yeah. up in school and everything, you know, mm-hmm. when you learn about African history, 
you know, there's only so much you can cram in to teach kids. Well, I mean, you know? especially in America, where that's yeah. such a major part of our history. Yes. You know, slavery yeah. is such a major part of our history. Yeah. Um, here in America. You know, that's what we learn. Yeah. And that's kind of what you assume. And you can kind of assume that for other parts of the world as well. And it mm-hmm. was in England, of course. But the, there's more to it. You know, there's more. There's more. There's stuff that happened before it began. Yeah. And this book um, takes a look at how Africans lived during the Tudor age, because mm-hmm. they, they did live in England, yeah. you know? They were Tudors. They did live during that time period, and they did travel. Yeah. Everyone was traveling, you know? It's, you know, you read about one story, uh, one person making this voyage, but people were making voyages since yeah. there were the dawn of time people expanding. have been traveling. Yeah. yeah, and always wanting to see new parts of the world. Yeah. So it's really exciting. So this book, every chapter focuses on a different black tutor mm-hmm. and what they did. Were they independent? Were they this? Were they that? You know, who they worked for and did they marry? And it's... Uh, Just generally their lives. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And really it throws away and aside a lot of assumptions that yeah. I think, you know, it's very common and normal to have. Mm-hmm. Totally normal to have. But what's cool is that if someone picks up this book, their mind's going to be kind of blown. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was really exciting. And yeah. So what would you rate this book? I would give it... Okay. So I'm going to pre like start this out with saying, A, I did not finish it. Mm-hmm. I got to this eighth chapter out of I think 10 mm-hmm. and so I'm not marking it for its all and also it had a struggle with me because I'm not a nonfiction reader just in general mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say three and a half but I would say probably for somebody who likes nonfiction, it would be more of a four, a four and a half. And that's so funny because that's exactly what yeah. I got from it. Oh, by the way, and Gwen was unable to finish it as she fell under the weather Yeah. Um, at some point during this month. And, you know, things get crazy here. So, but I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. And I do love nonfiction. Yeah. And that's why we make such a good team because we read completely opposite stuff. Yeah. And I really loved the information that was that I had no idea mm-hmm. or, you know, my own assumptions about things were completely disrupted. So when I say people's mind will be blown, I'm like, well, my mind was blown. Yeah. So yeah, I give it a four. I think that it, I think the way it's set up is really well and clever. I think mm-hmm. instead of just doing it a person, each chapter really lets you focus yeah. on just that and them and what's going on. So I think it's set up very cleverly as a nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. I think the new information brought to light is really important to get out there. Yeah, I love the the subject of it because it's not a subject that gets a lot of attention. Yeah, it's that not too. out there much. Yeah, that so too. So I thought that was really important. That's one of the reasons I was excited about it. It was just because it's like, well, I've never heard their stories before. Yeah. I came to Gwen and I was like, I, I buy books a lot. I borrow books a lot. And I, when I was in the nonfiction section and the history section, I saw this book. And this was one of two books on black and British history. Yeah. One of two books in the, po- and I'm, there might be more, there's probably a ton of academic research, but this was in the popular sphere. I mean, like Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. I mean, libraries, our library. One of two really, of only two books that yeah. are really out there mm-hmm. for people to pick up. And so I was so excited when I saw this. So yeah, that was part of the exciting aspect of it too. Yeah. Now, four stars, three stars from you. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Yeah. So... What were some of the things for you that um, gave it the lower rating? So for me, a lot of it was because I have this thing with a lot of really British-made things where I see, I'm not going to say I don't consume these things because I watch, like, British TV shows all the time and I read British books, Mm -hmm. but there is an element of, like... Bias? (sighs) Bias. Mm -hmm. Where it's very much skewed towards making Britain look good. 
Yeah. And England and, looked yeah. good. And I'm not saying... And I think every country is guilty every, of this. Oh, of course. You know, I, I read a... I saw a quote once that was like, sometimes the more you learn about your country's history, yeah. the little... A little bit more dismay that you can get. Yeah. But it's like, that's just history. Oh, uh, yeah. Of <laughs> you course. know? Like, you have to know your country's history. Yeah. So, like, there were moments where I was just like, okay, sure, they weren't enslaved and... and at the, at, at the time. that time and all of that. But if they also were not rich... So they must have struggled a little bit because in Tudor times, like, if you were not the upper echelon, you struggled. You had a hard time. Mm -hmm. So, like, tell me about all aspects of their life, not Mm -hmm. just, like, the fact that they weren't slaves. Yeah. That was one of my major issues with it. Yeah, that's a good point. And some of that is, you know, there's not data, but some of that is also, like, yes, you could have gone... A little bit more into... Tell me a little bit more maybe about the marriage, the marriages. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, The... um, interracial marriages like that would yeah. be cool to know a little bit more about that and i'll like i I'll, we'll go into more detail in mm-hmm. the spoilery section but there were some things where it's like okay well you know this person is of this profession and you know about that profession and how those people in that profession like did their daily lives and experienced the world at that yeah. time just because they're black doesn't mean that they experienced it any different so you could take clues from that part mm-hmm. and incorporate it into the story and be like this is what a daily life, like, a day in their life yeah. was. That would have been cool. That would have been cool if maybe there was a chapter on just general yeah. day in the life. Yeah. That would have been really fascinating um, as well. Yeah, so, I yeah, I could totally see that, too. And then I think maybe the only other thing is that, like I said, this is one of two books, probably, yeah. that are really in the popular stratosphere <laughs> um, for this topic and another the other one I'm going to list here because I think it's really interesting and I actually have it on my shelves yeah. to read at home and would be our suggested reading yes um, this is our suggested reading in connection with this book it is much bigger yeah. than this book that we read so <laughs> that's why we did not read it for this month <laughs> yeah. but it's called Black and British A Forgotten History by David Olusoga and it's based on a really cool BBC series that they did What's the name of the BBC series? Same as the book. Okay. Yeah, so Black and British, and it's all about black history within England. Yeah. And um, that's just so cool. And yeah, and so, you know, these are just one of two books, and this book in particular is not written by someone with African ancestry. That was another thing. You know, which is, you know, it's really great when there's people that take the time to learn and research and study other cultures that are not theirs. I thought that was really great because who knows? It it would just be the one book out there instead of of two. So I thank the author for that a lot. But at the same time, too, we, we need to make sure that it's people get to write their own histories. Yeah. And that their stories and their, you know, version of events gets out there as well and is yeah. just as popular. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just that case of, you know, people of color being able to control their own narrative. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't see a lot of. No, not not in, It's not starting to become more and more prevalent, which is great. Yeah. But, like, in the past and historically, that's not a thing that we're really encountering. So it's important to keep in mind mm-hmm. that this is also, the author is not coming from a history of, being a person of color yeah no familiar history no things like that her family hasn't been in england for that long well Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know how long her family has been in england but her family is not a family of color that has been in england since like tudor time yeah so she doesn't have that 
familial history. Yeah, and there's so much ancestry that people do nowadays. It would be really, really cool really to cool. have an author. And I want to read Black and British because that yeah. author is a person of color, and I wonder if he incorporates any of his own family history yeah. with the way that everyone's been doing ancestry so yeah, much. I mean, that's such a huge thing yeah. that everybody's doing. It would be right great now. for someone to do it from a, a general perspective of yeah. black history, but also in the context of the family's history. That would, would be, be really, really cool. neat. But yeah, but that's an entirely separate book. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> so, so, you know. Very specific. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's so great. And again, it made us both, you know, it's so happy to see this book and know mm-hmm. that it's out there and that we can put it on display at our library. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So uh, we have now finished up a non-spoilery section. Yeah. And we are going to end it with a favorite quote, as we do, before we enter into a spoilery section. Yeah. So... Gwen, you want to read your quote first? (laughs) Sure. Um, Okay, so the quote is, Most Tudor sailors did not know how to swim. It was thought unlucky and of little use as ships were not in the habit of changing course to rescue those who fell overboard. Better to drown quickly. Which I laughed so hard when I read that. I laughed so hard. And then I was just confused. Because how is it not useful to know how to swim? Especially if your profession is on the water. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense to me. Especially because, you know, if it's something in training or, like, you're sailing down the Thames or something, you can just swim to shore. (laughs) If you knew how to swim, just swim to shore. Yeah. Like, that actually increases your chances of survival. Yeah. Um, That was just hilarious to me Crazy. like and they thought it was like bad vapors entering your skin and stuff yeah. and they actually banned people from trying to swim <laughs> because so many people would drown and it was just like we need to stay away from this <laughs> um yeah so that was a cool thing and that i'll talk about in the spoilery section yeah. um, about swimming another cool thing and then mine is also pretty funny mm-hmm. um african women giving birth to dark-skinned children fathered by englishmen would have confused the tutor doctors and this is because this qu- that they thought that all children got all the characteristics from the men. <laughs> so when a, a African man <laughs> married a uh, English woman, they weren't shocked at all when the kid came out darker skinned, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. But if it was the reverse and it, <laughs> and it was African women marrying and having children with English men, they were startled. <laughs> like, they did not understand. They were very confused. And that just cracked me up because, I, I mean... That is not how genetics work. Not at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, like, we can laugh today, but like, they know. were very serious about thinking that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those were um, two of our favorite quotes from the book. Before we move on to the spoilery section, I think we should also mention that next time we'll be reading Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. A classic. Yeah. I didn't have to read this in high school. I read it a couple years ago. I did have to read it in high school, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be... I loved it. I give it, spoiler alert, five stars. <laughs> um, but we'll see how I feel on the reread. I could yeah. change my mind. So if you would like to kindly join us reading this over the next month... It, again, is Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Yes. Um, So, yeah. So, now we're going to go into the spoilery section. So, Mm -hmm. as always, if you don't want to hear this and you want to read the book for yourself... Here's your warning. Yes. (laughs) Whip the headphones out of your ear. Stop. uh, Press the pause button. and Throw your phone across the room. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, don't do that. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. So, you've been warned. So, where should we start with the spoilers? Well, I mean, you said you had another fact about swimming, so... Ah, yes. Thank you, thank you. So, (laughs) there was that funny quote that Gwen read. So, it turns out that, like we had said before, English people, 
believed very negative things about water and swimming, and sailors themselves didn't bother to learn how to swim. But in Africa, there was a lot of groups of people that learned how to swim from birth Mm -hmm. because they would get their food from underwater and they would salvage stuff from underwater and they became like the great salvagers. Yeah. So English people hired Africans, like they'd go visit and trade and then they'd hire them and they would salvage stuff for them. Mm-hmm. And they would even salvage stuff for the king. Yeah, like really valuable things off of sunken ships because nobody else could get to it. Exactly. Yeah, right? swim. Oh no, guess it's just down there forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. But yeah, and so the king requested like royal salvagers. Mm-hmm. Um, he had this beloved ship that sank out of nowhere. Like they were just <laughs> watching the ocean one day and it went down. And he was like, oh no, my stuff. And they... <laughs> Oh no, my stuff. Literally, he was like, I need it back. And he hired a bunch of Africans to go down and get it for them. So I just thought it was really funny, the dichotomy between, you know, one continent and another. Like, just people, you know, you'd grow up differently. And it can benefit both of you when you you work together. Yeah, so um, I think, like, overall, one of the major things that was really interesting about the story and something that, like you mentioned, like comes as a surprise to some of us, (laughs) was that England didn't have slaves at that time, you know, because they had no use for slaves. They had no colonies yet. So it was like, why, we don't... Why bother? Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, expensive. (laughs) So basically anybody who maybe was enslaved previously, if they set foot on English soil, instantly becomes not a slave. Mm -hmm. So if somebody brings, like, a slave of theirs, like, comes from Spain or whatever, brings a slave with them, the second that slave touches soil on England, they are no longer a slave. They don't don't have to go back with that person. They don't have to do anything anymore because they're no longer a slave, which was (laughs) very weird, I guess, for, like, the Spanish. There were a couple of stories where they were talking about how these people are like, what do you mean they're not slaves anymore? (laughs) Like, I bought them, like, (laughs) a while ago. Like, like, real real serious about that. Very seriously, yeah. Like, this is not unfair. Like, I bought, you know, whoever. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, there was, like, royal decrees and decrees that said, like, we don't do that here, Mm -hmm. so why would we enforce that here? Yeah, so they, like, (laughs) legit didn't even enforce that. They would not send back a slave to somebody because it's like, well, they're not slaves anymore. Yeah. They're human beings, and they, they talked about how, you know, Africans who had converted to Catholicism could now be witnesses in court. Yeah, that was really cool. That was probably one of my favorite things is that, you know, and it wasn't, um, you know, if they worked in a person's household, Yeah, it wasn't, oh, you have to work and you're never going to get out because I'm never going to pay you enough. It was, no, this is a legitimate job. Mm -hmm. And if something happens, oh, I can call my worker to to testify or to speak. And if he gets enough money, oh, what, he's getting married? Now he's going to go live on his own. It's not some, like, you know, there was, the biggest takeaway was that people weren't divided by race. It was all about social class and and religion. religion. So, like you said, with the religion. Yeah, so, like, that was one major thing that is very different, I -hmm. think, was just, like, okay, as long as they converted to, I guess in this case it would be the Church of England, because it was England. Yeah. Um, You know, that was where their status came from. They weren't like heathens or whatever they were part of the church yeah they were that's, part of the community that's where your legitimacy came from yeah. 
um, and it would be like, oh, he's part of the church. He's a good person. Yeah. No matter who you were or where you came from. Yeah. And I thought it was fascinating, too, that if whoever's house you're in, you know, when they're working on converting you, Mm -hmm. they give you, like, godparents and stuff, which we all are familiar with the concept of godparents. And the godparents who could just be the people you work for, yeah. it was their job to teach you and instruct you on religious matters to get yeah. you prepared to get baptized. And it was expected of yeah. people then, just in general. Like, if you had someone in your household who was not part of the Church of, of England, it was your duty, really, yeah. to give them the tools that they needed in order to do that. And that, in part, was education. Yeah. Because you needed to be able to comprehend that religion and understand it in order to accept it uh, in their brains. And read the language, and, and, yeah. you know, like, so, yeah, you were gaining a lot of um, skills that way, which is just so fascinating. Yeah. And um, the book has people, so there's Salvager that I already yeah. mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a weaver, a, a cloth um, maker. Did silk. Yeah, yeah a silk, silk weaver. Which was so cool. It was really popular back then because, like, or not Victoria, Elizabeth was like, I like this the best. So everybody jumped on that train. Yeah. And so his trade, like, went through the roof. Yeah, and he lived on his own independent, had his own family, Mm -hmm. you know, built his own business. And a lot of times the skills that you learned in the house that you worked for, that helped you to branch out. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you weren't given tasks to stop you from growing. Mm -hmm. It, It really supplemented you and helped you you gain know, skills. Gain skills that would let you then marry someone and, yeah. you know, have your own life. So, um, and there's a lot of really other cool professions as well. There's um, a royal trumpeteer. Yeah. That was, like, the first one. Yeah, that was the first yeah. chapter, and that was fascinating. And, it, like, it's just so interesting. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen tapestries and things that they had. There's, like, a black trumpeteer or there's, you know, um an African, you know, tending to someone's horse or something, Mm -hmm. and someone chose to sit down and paint them and include them in this tapestry and because they are part of the household and the picture, and, like, they were important. So it's just, it was really, really cool to just have that all, like, come together. Now, I didn't read the ending part. In the last two chapters, does she get further into the history of, like, when does it change? Yes. So things really start changing in uh, like the late or mid 1600s. There was a time early in 1619, and that's significant because that's the first time that enslaved Africans arrived in an English colony in North America. Yeah. So that was the first time one had arrived, but there was still no like legislations or Mm -hmm. like laws. And sometimes people would, English people, would get into it, and there was one voyage, actually, to bring slaves back to England. Oh, really? And when, yeah, and when the guy did, in, like, early 1600s, they were like, we still don't do this. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we're not interested. Well, or, what did you do in here, bro? Yeah, and he also had a lot of troubles when he was sailing back. So, it, like, it didn't end up being profitable, which is what it all came down to. Good. The whole reason they never did it in the first place was because it wasn't profitable, not because they were, there was no interest. Because they, they were nice. Yeah. <laughs> not because they were nice, but because they couldn't get money Yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, the whole transatlantic thing from England to America to Africa, Yeah, that really picked up in the later 1600s. Okay. So, yeah. So, she does go into that a lot more. Okay. Um, doesn't leave that out. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, because that was one part that I was curious about, but I was just like, I never got there. Yeah. Just because I ran out of time, so. Yeah. It's good that she goes over that, and I wish I'd had time to really listen to that. Yeah, because that kind of answered a lot of questions that you yeah. had. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'll probably finish it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only two chapters away. Yeah, you're so close. So, uh, and it seems like it goes into, like, interesting stuff, too, where it's, like, answers those questions that I was having while I was listening to it, because I listened to the audiobook. Yeah. Which is a, it's a good audiobook, so. Oh, well, good, yeah. And then it's so funny because <laughs> I do wonder this sometimes on books that I don't finish or, yeah. like, just the first 50 pages didn't grab me. Like, would I have liked it? Or would yeah. it have affected it, you know? But you can't do that because there's so many books in the world. I mean, like I said, this thing had a fight for me to enjoy it because I, in history books, for me, I much prefer reading historical fiction just because mm. I like having the narrative. Yeah. And she put a little bit of that into this story, but it wasn't very much. It was a whole lot of just, like, throwing facts at the wall and seeing which ones would stick. For Well, not really, but, like, that's what it felt like to me, but that's what they all feel like to me. All nonfiction, you mean? Nonfiction yeah. in general. Because it is, it is just telling you facts. <laughs> yeah. It's not a story. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's a story. so funny. Basically, I mean, and we've said this multiple times, nonfiction is not your... It's not my jam. Yeah. So, I mean... That you you have that going in as well, but that's good yeah. because I love nonfiction. Yeah. <laughs> so, so honestly, like, who knows how much? I, like, if I was a fan of nonfiction, I would probably have given it a four. But you know, it lulled in the middle, and it's a nonfiction, so yeah, it took it. It's you know, it was harder for you. It to was read. harder for me to really give it the points because it's not my thing. Yeah. Would you recommend it to someone that likes nonfiction? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have a friend who loves the Tudor era. Yeah. And I'm going to recommend it to her because this is completely her thing. Like, yeah. it's the time period she likes. She likes nonfiction. So I'm like, I know exactly who this book is going to. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's going to be like, I bet nothing she's read about before. Oh, yeah, for sure, because it's such a rare thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, this uh, book... I own my own copy, so this mm-hmm. book is definitely staying on my shelf. Yeah. And I'll have to read the other one, Black and British, at some point. It's, I think, over 500 pages, so <laughs> I will get to it a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a little more time. Yeah. I wasn't going to make Gwen read that book <laughs> for last month. <laughs> so, to finish, I thought we could talk about our favorite stories, since, um, like yeah. I said, it's divided by people. Yeah. So, which one did you like the best? I think I liked the, uh, the Silk Weaver one best. I think mostly because that one was more narrative. So it felt like so a historical it, fiction. Yeah, it felt a little more historical fiction for me in the sense that, like, you know, it talked about his life where he probably learned his craft and how he built his business and the fact that, you know, it, he passed it on, probably passed it on to his son. And, you know, he had his wife and he had children and his children. This was during plague years. So yeah. he lost two children to the plague and stuff like that. So, like, it felt more narrative to me. And I, like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I remember his name was... Some very weird, like yeah. No, is reasonable black man. Yeah, which reasonable is not a name that you hear yeah. every day. And reasonable black man. <laughs> I know. And those actually, so we don't want to give away everything on the podcast. Yeah, that chapter does go into detail about names. speculation about names yeah. and why he could have been named that. Yeah, and you know, it, it's really fascinating. We won't say um, more, but yeah, yeah, that one was probably the strangest name <laughs> I would say out of all of them. Yeah. Um. Oh man, it's hard to pick. So. I loved the trumpeteer story. Yeah. And his name was John Blanc. Mm-hmm. B-L-A-N-K-E. More normal than reasonable, I guess. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I chose that story because I thought that was really cool. Like, 
they had to be playing constantly. Yeah, dude, that one, like, the joust. Yeah. Where it was, like, three days of just straight... And, and just announcing people. Yeah. And playing music, like... That's intense. I was like, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. But they got paid pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the guy that we talk about, that the book talks about, got to negotiate fairly well yeah. with his salary because he was so good. And then there's uh, Diego, the circumnavigator, who mm. sailed with Sir Francis Drake, who yeah. there's video games based on, you know, yeah. uh, Francis Drake. And then there's the prince, um, uh, African prince, who came to England just because he wanted to learn more and explore the world, you know. And like I said earlier, everyone's been doing this and wanting to do this for so long, no matter what continent or country yeah. you're from. Um, I think it's something that unites us all as, like, human beings, is that, like, drive for adventure. Well... I think that about does it for this episode of The Page Turner. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that, you know, we've convinced a lot of you guys, especially if you love nonfiction, like Gwen said. Pull it off the shelf. It's worth a read. Yeah, totally. And, of course, it's available here at the Los Gatos Library. Yes. Um, So come on down and pick it up. Just a reminder to everybody that next time we'll be reading uh, Withering Heights by Emily Bronte. So feel free to read along with us and join us next time for that discussion. Yeah. Uh, Thank you all for listening. This has been The The Page Page Turner. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via a direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe or write a review wherever you listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The The Page Page Turner. Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.